0: All right, Revelation chapter 20. John says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven. He had the key to the abyss and a great chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent who is the devil, and Satan bound him for a thousand years, threw him into the abyss, locked it, and set a seal on it so that he could no longer deceive the nations until the thousand years come to an end. After this, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and those who were sitting on them were given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast and his image, and they did not receive his mark on their forehead and on their hand. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years came to an end. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. Instead, they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations that are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. They are as numerous as the sand of the sea. They came up over the broad expanse of the earth and they surrounded the camp of the saints and beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then they saw a great white throne and the one who sat on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, great and small, standing in front of the throne, and books were opened. Another book was also opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged by the things written in the books according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and the grave gave up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, each one according to what he had done. Death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The the lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, so let's explain these verses then. Oh, no, I was explaining a couple of ladies. These are the fun chapters. You know, we we went through all the scary chapters before, Uh, these are the fun chapters. So, uh, the the judgment against the prostitute and her followers are just who did we say is the prostitute in the earlier chapters yeah the antichrist yeah the anti-christian forces within the church uh because she has persecuted god's people and now she is receiving the same treatment that she gave to god's people and there i think of uh when i teach my eighth graders about uh we the exodus i show them i try and show them clips of different movies and things like that just to draw them in and one of the ones i like to show with the uh the plagues on the egyptians is the 10th plague Remember, what was the 10th plague firstborn died, firstborn died. And I had never put this together until I showed the eighth graders this clip from *The Prince of Egypt*. You can find it on YouTube and watch it yourself. That they have Moses uh, talking to King Ramses, Pharaoh. And if you remember back to the Ten Commandments, Moses and Pharaoh were kind of vying for the same woman. That's where there is tension. But in *The Prince of Egypt*, Moses and Ramses were stepbrothers. And There, there is a tension then that Ramses uh, feels that Moses has given up his Egyptian. Yeah, it's an animated movie, Uh, and uh, but the key is that Moses and Aaron are before Ramses and his little son, probably about eight, and then they're standing in front of this big mural, and then the camera kind of pans out, and the mural is of the Egyptians dropping the little Hebrew boys into the Nile to kill them because that was their command midwives were to kill all the first all the sons and then there's crocodiles underneath eating eating up all the children okay and I never put it together what is the plague that God brings on the Egyptians it is killing the firstborn what was the plague that pharaohs had brought on generations of israelites the killing of their sons i never put that together until watching that video and i bring it up here because what the antichrist had done to christians is now what god is going to do to the antichrist and her followers and that's why her judgment is just so then verses one through three why does the great multitude of God's people rejoice? Oh, I'm in, I'm in the wrong chapter.
1: Oh, I'm just gonna...
0: Okay, so, so here in chapter 20, uh, John is seeing another vision of the whole Old Testament. So this is paralleling chapter 12 that we had read a few few weeks ago uh, although it's covering different aspects of that same time period uh, so the binding of satan when does that begin yeah, as it relates to the world. yes as it relates to the world when did christ bind satan yes but it, it does happen in chapter 20 of revelation but in real time yeah so his death and resurrection is the binding of satan him putting the chains onto satan and you know liken it to if you've got your dog you know when someone comes to the door you've got a chain you know on, on the door on the dog and you can you know yank the dog back And and that's what and that's what Jesus does with Satan. He's at his death and resurrection. He put a chain around not the dog, but the dragon of the devil, so that he can yank him back anytime. Larry, Um, yeah, that sounds like it makes sense. Except
2: they said there was peace on earth after
0: that. There's never been. Well. Well he what, what's what's going on here is the binding of Satan means that Satan cannot hold he the nations in slavery any longer. that's verse three. So the chain that he uses then is the gospel. so because before this, remember before Christ came who had the gospel what nation? Israel, Israel. and that's it. The only way that people got exposed to the gospel was by them, Coming and passing through Israel, but now what happens after the resurrection? What happens with the gospel? It goes all over, and that's what that's what it means by the binding of Satan. Is now the gospel is spread to all the nations? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so these verses indicate that the thousand years begins with the binding of Satan. So there are going to be those churches and church bodies and christians that believe this thousand years is a literal one thousand years so that christ is going to come back and there's going to be a thousand years of peace and yet and so they're taking that number literally and this is what you are taught as lutherans to interpret scripture by using scripture right how do you know from the, just the first three verses of chapter 20, that this is not a literal 1,000 years. Well, think of the abyss. What's, the, what's an abyss? A big chasm, a big pit. Can you have a, a literal key to lock up the abyss of hell? No, it's picture language what about is is the devil really a serpent or a dragon he <laughs> may appear that way but probably not literally that way okay so uh the key is and then christ puts a seal over the uh, the chain or the uh, gate to hell is there a literal seal over it
3: is that pretty consistent through, through the Bible that if, you know, like, they, is there ever instances where they kind of laps back and forth between picture language and, and real stuff? Or is it usually just you can be pretty certain that it's, this is all picture, this is all picture?
0: It's it more the latter. That it's going to be more uh, literal stuff and you can tell it's going to be literal and then other things where it's figurative language. Like when Jesus literally says, That I am the resurrection and life, he really is. But when he says, I am the good shepherd, that's a picture language. He's not really a shepherd. He's not really a gate. He's not really a key and so forth. Or when he's telling parables.
2: So we're talking about current times, currently, that he's bound in hell, right?
0: Well, he's bound. That doesn't mean he's bound and he can't leave hell. Well, he's bound and then, but like you said, like a dog, the dog has free reign over the the yard. You know, but once the dog gets the end of the chain, or the dog, you know, with the shock collar, and then there's the underground uh, electric currents and so forth, wires, and it gets too close or tries jumping across and then it it starts yipping because it hurts. That's what Jesus does. The devil, unfortunately, as Jesus has said, he is the ruler. Of the uh, the kings of the earth. He is the ruler of this earth and he and his demons, they're working little kings and emperors and governments and so forth. He's all over the place. but at any time Jesus can yank that chain back or that shot collar and you push that button and then the devil has to stop. So then if this thousand years, is not literally 1,000 years. What is it talking about?
1: A long time, is it talking
3: about the whole Testament era?
0: Exactly. So we've seen this 1,000 years already numerous times in Revelation. But it's there it's said a times, a time, and a time and a half. Or the 42 months, or three and a half years. All of those were the exact same time as a 1,000 years. It's the New Testament time. Christ's ascension to Christ descension back on his return.
1: Uh, so what does it mean after this We must be released
0: for a short time? So what do you think that means? If Satan isn't just bound in hell but he has pretty I shouldn't say free reign. I said free. He doesn't have free reign. He's got rain, but it's not free because at any time uh Satan or Jesus and Saint Michael and so forth. So I think they can... in
2: the movie The Exorcist, <clears throat> okay. Where he took you know possession of the girl. So maybe that could never really happen happen in the current times because God would not allow that. And what's funny in those movies is you know, the devil seems to have as much or more power than because They're trying to get, you know, using the name of Jesus to get, him. I just watched you know, another exorcist movie this past week ago. A different one. Okay. Same thing, though, we're trying to, give, a try to get a to, to girl you know, and in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus and, you know, like laughing at him. So it's like that would, that's just that's yeah. just words,
0: right? Well, no, that, that can happen. Uh, but, the, but the name of Jesus is always is terrifying to the devil. You know, that's what it means when we like to sing on Reformation of um, one little word can fell him in Luther's A Mighty Fortress. What, and, what, and what's that one little word? Jesus. Actually, in this movie, that I just
2: watched it was supposed to be a true story.
0: And it was
2: about this priest in Italy that had performed over a
0: 1,000 exorcisms. So it's like. So he was using Jesus. Right. That's the key, using Jesus. So then going back to Irene's question is, what does it mean then if the devil is reigning here on earth, but after the 1,000 years and just before Jesus comes, he's going to be released?
3: Things are going to like
0: yeah that's the key so if you know, imagine larry's exorcist movie but now that happening a lot more so if you think things are bad now think of how bad things are going to be when the when uh jesus takes the collar off the well it could be and that's the thing and that's uh, what has happened throughout the history of the world, too, of going, uh, I'm sure Christians are going, it can't get any worse than, than this. And yet, and you know, I think we as Christians are being persecuted right now, uh, but still not as much as it is in other nations. And then to think, well, if we're experiencing persecution now, what was it like in other, in other times? Or How could it ever get
2: worse than this?
0: Well, it, it probably could. I mean, you can think of how bad it is in China, or India, or Africa. You know, these Muslim or communist nations for for the handful of Christians that are there. You know, there it seems like the devil is is unleashed. But that's what he's talking about. That's your your questionary. That's gonna that he'll just let them go. One of the talks later on about uh, John says, I saw thrones and those who were sitting on them were given the authority to judge. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony. Who are those people? What's that? Oh, and just in general, martyrs. All of those who have been slain in some different way crucified run through with a spear beheaded all of those martyrs who stood up for their faith they are there in heaven what does it mean that they did not worship the beast who is the beast no not the devil the dragon is the devil the government and they receive the mark on the forehead what was that mark not a literal mark but the 666 something that marked them as belonging to the uh, the uh, to the world yeah i think it's a good way of, putting it, of belonging to the world to the government that persecutes christians
3: so
0: the yeah well so in revelation 12 we see the dragon show up that's the devil in revelation 13 it's not necessarily the government but it's the government that persecutes christians you know, they're like the governments. I was saying, you and a, a Taliban-type government, a uh, a communist government like China. Even if you, if they're government laws in our own nation that persecute Christians. You know, for example, if you're a, a public school teacher and you're told you have to uh, affirm someone's sexual identity when you know this is a little girl and he she must be called a little boy, that's that's devilish. That's a lie. Or if you're in the medical field and you have to uh, be told you have to perform an abortion, you have to euthanize this patient. And that may not be necessarily in our nation right now, but it is in other nations. And you're a Christian and you're forced to do this or lose your livelihood. That's the anti-Christian government. So that's the beast. And then that works alongside of the second beast, which is the apostate church. Uh, So what what this is saying is those who did not worship that beast of the government, uh, they are living and reigning with Christ a thousand years. Uh, What is the first resurrection? This is talking about for us as believers, as saints.
2: The first resurrection
0: is us being brought from death to life and when did that happen for for us baptism that with our baptism with our conversion that's our first resurrection so then what is uh the the first death for everyone if that's if the first resurrection is us being brought to faith from death to life what's the first death no it's it's us being born dead in sin So, what's the so then? What is the second death? That's what John gets into here that they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire, and that is the second death. Unbelievers being thrown into hell. So, then uh, he doesn't use this terminology because he just talks about the first resurrection, but we could then say, what's for us as Christians, what's the second resurrection? that we're going to heaven and then that then would mean the second death is those that was going into the abyss of hell yes and it says in verse six the second death has no power over them you and i aren't afraid of dying at least we shouldn't be because we're the whole point of dying is like mary said falling asleep in jesus we just had two of our saints do that right uh Arlene and Bill. You know, those are good ways to die. In their old age, 93 and 98, just falling asleep in the Lord, not afraid of dying at all, because they're not afraid of a second death. They're not afraid of being sent and cast into the abyss of hell. They know they're going to enjoy the second resurrection, being around the thrones of heaven. Okay. Uh, We kind of covered this before, but verse 7. What will Satan be allowed to do at the end of the thousand years? Yeah, Yeah, and then he's going to be released, yeah, to gather the the army. Uh, So this seems to mean that uh, we're going to be returning for a time to the dark times before pentecost before the gospel is spread out to the world that the gospel will be limited Uh, verse seven the bible teaches that the gospel will go out into the whole world but just before the end comes then a distress uh, will be brought upon the nations because they're going to go back to serving satan Uh, and again do we see that happening in our world right now do we see nations going more toward uh, the worship of the devil? And uh, and, and I, I was talking to Shelley about this this morning that you know with with Marxism and so forth, because that's what our culture seems to be heading along heading uh, into. and I had I've Christians and I will say, well, that's government stuff. We Christians shouldn't be worried about that. And yet, what does Marxism do? What is the whole goal of Marxism? Take away God. To take away God. It is to give yourself up to yourself. And
3: another spiritualism, like climate control. I think that's...
0: any of that stuff, exactly. All of that, whether it's climate control or anything else, and uh, that it, it it takes, you know, the whole goal of Marxism is to free yourself up. You can do whatever you want. You know, you serve the state, you serve yourself. And what I was telling Shelley this morning was, that's, that is what, I think it was Alex Crowley, is that the guy who was Alistair. the head of, was it? Aleister Crowley? Alistair okay, he was the head of Satanism.
3: Oh, no, that would be Anton
0: LaVey. Okay. Uh, Anton LaVey saying, just give yourself up, just love yourself that's the key that's and that's satanism well so marxism really is another form of satanism and so when christians well-meaning but just because i don't think they've connected the dots is when they say well that's a government thing we shouldn't be dealing with that no because uh what happens is because we as christians haven't stood up to an apostate government for centuries what are we seeing in our schools right now everything, critical race theory, but we're dealing with the fallout of generations of, of things. You know, our, I was talking to a principal in Milwaukee yesterday, just uh, how he said that in the past, he'd have like 2% of his parents get upset, you know, really, really upset. But now that number has jumped up to like 6%. said so this doesn't seem like that big of a jump, but when you have 250 students, that's a large number of parents that are always on the teachers and on the principal it makes ministry very difficult. Uh, I mentioned this last night to or the company we had over that, you know, when our government allowed several generations ago for uh, we'll, we'll pay women who are single and have children out of wedlock, you know, we'll subsidize them. Well, what does that encourage people to do? have more children. And what does it, what does that mean for men? We have more, you don't. yeah, we don't need fathers.
3: But I think you get a little, that's kind of a tough one too, because like, it's not the kid's fault (laughs) that their mom did that. And so part of you as a Christian says, I need to take care of my neighbor. So you want to take care of that kid, but then it kind of turns into this, Yes, but
0: now mom is gonna go do what she wants because kids being taken care of. So that's a tough one. It is. And but but you 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 made the the point that I think many Christians miss. Who should be taking care of those people? Well, Dad, but but when when a family is struggling, who should be taking care of them? Us as Christians. Who is taking care of them? The The government. And what does the government then lead you to do to rely more and more on itself?
3: Yeah, I think people sometimes think of that as that's
0: how they're taking care yep. of them. But, but, but in reality, what does the government do then? It And this is all about connecting the dots. The government takes more and more taxes so that Christians have fewer and fewer dollars to help them. And then the government then, uh, and they may be even well-meaning, but when you compare what, Uh, Christ says in Revelation chapter 13 of the government eventually being worshiped and we trust in the government instead of God and then so what does that do now we have so few of our families that have two parents in the household and how that we see it in our kids in our school we have great families in our churches great teachers but it is just hard and that's in a Christian school. You know, Larry's in a public school. It's probably way worse, right?
2: Um, I am
0: retired. Well, I know you're retired, but you've seen it for oh, yeah, for, de- for years. One, you know, the disrespect when the kids are
2: stranded.
0: Yeah, but all of those things, and, and just to look at all of those things that, again, we may look at them being good in the beginning, but the devil likes to turn anything good evil. And the whole point of, me going off on this tangent is with marxism and so forth it's not a it's not a government thing that we should just say "Oh, well, we'll let leaders deal with it no christians we need to say anything having to do with uh gender issues uh, of uh, sexual issues of homosexuality and uh, children out of wedlock uh what critical race theory all of those things that's not politics that's christianity versus the devil and so we need to be standing up to that because uh we're we're the we're the ones holding the tide right if, if we're not standing there it's just gonna uh overwhelm everyone
2: well and that's one of the problems with Biden's build back nuttier <laughs> um, they want to give free child care you know, Subsidized to, to a point, and to me, that's another example of the government <coughs> of grabbing your kids at an earlier and earlier age. And someone in the news said that this is going to adversely affect Christian child care is and are not going to get the money, but you know, other places will, yep. or um,
0: yep, and, and again, government control, right. right. Of
2: a, Another example.
0: Yeah, and, I, and again, we can say, oh, that sounds really good, but then understanding if you can have, this is why we don't have three-year-old preschool. You know, years ago, we used to. And the reason we don't is because Racine Unified has free three-year-old preschool. So why would, a, uh, why would people pay to send their children to our school when they can have it free somewhere else? And then an understanding, you know, people like to say that indoctrination is a bad word. It's not, because what do we do? What do we do in our school? We have a school and a high school to, pur- to purposely indoctrinate our children, but with Christian teachings and morals. But understanding, uh, you know, in a public school, it's going to be indoctrination of a different kind. Okay? And it's not going to be Christian morals and, and doctrine. Okay, so just to understand, like Larry's point is, and the government and because we have Christians in government they want to do the right thing you know we and that's why we we trust them and so forth but understanding we got to be very careful that devil always can twist and then then we're then we have to deal with the follow and like I said I see it right now in the kids in our school in high school you maybe see it in your in your kids and grandkids uh let's let's keep going then so then Uh, is going to have a a war gathered up Uh, they're going to came up from over the broad expanse of the earth they surround the camp of the saints but the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are so as terrifying as everything we just mentioned is what's the good news here God fights for us as opposing and terrifying and this is why I think we as Christians we're not standing up because we look like we're overwhelmed when we see the forces of the devil lined up against us it looks like we're we're outnumbered because they have. The dragon and all of his demons who aren't mentioned here. You have the the governments of the world that are often opposed to Christians. You have the anti-Christian church opposed to us. Those are some pretty good enemies. And yet, what is the end result for those three great enemies of Christ and his followers? They're going to be devoured. They're going to be cast into hell. The, The dragon of the devil... The beast out of the sea, which is the uh, anti-Christian government and the anti-Christian church, they are cast into the abyss. Do
2: you take that passage literally? i heard presentations where they interpret that as uh, armies coming out of China, Russia, surrounding Jerusalem, attacking okay, Israel. You take that
0: yeah, right. <laughs> It's picturing, yeah, it is not a literal armies of communist China or Russia and so forth. These are, uh, now, could the devil use some of these forces? Yeah, but I, I really don't think that that's what it's talking about here. Because who are they going to be lining up against? It's like, I, I was watching the other night, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. It was actually, I, I'm not all the way through it. It was a pretty good fight between King Kong and Godzilla. But you know Godzilla is you know, the whole idea of Godzilla is he is like a, a god you know in the Japanese culture and these titans of you know in this uh, universal monster movie uh, genre human weapons can't do anything to them and yet that's what they do you know they've got their you know the Americans have their uh navy warships and their planes and they're shooting they're shooting at godzilla just makes them mad and then he just swipes his tail or shoots his atomic breath and they're all wiped out and that's what i would to your answer the reason i bring it up is even if the devil gets all of his communist russian china and so forth forces lined up what are they going to do against christ nothing you know, they can fire all they want. It's just going to bounce off. are going to Israel, ally
2: with the East.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those that picture that, that kind of thing are the ones that take a thousand-year reign literally are the ones who are taking Gog and Magog literally too. And because they mess up the interpretation of scripture, they're going to mess up that application of scripture. Uh, verse 11, I saw a great white throne and the one who sat on it. The earth and sky filled were filled with his presence. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing in front of the throne and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. What is the book of life? That's where our names are written. Yeah. What's the beauty of only having our names written in that book and nothing else? you know taking the blood of christ the lamb of god and using it as white out as an eraser to, or since we don't use those things anymore using your computer and hit delete it's all gone and it, it's like uh, never they never happen and the only thing that's written is our name the name that you know so i said this in arlene fell's funeral the other day you know that at her baptism Jesus wrote his name on her, the name of the triune God, sealed her with a cross on her head to a heart, marking her as a redeemed child of Christ. That's Revelation 14. But scripture says Christ also takes her name and then tattoos it on his body. Okay, And uh, then here it says more than it's written in the book. So then there are other books that are mentioned, but Scripture never gives a name to these books. I like to call it the Book of the Damned. What would be written in the Book of the Damned then? All of
2: our deeds.
0: All of our deeds. But not our deeds. Whose deeds? uh, The unbelievers. So that on Judgment Day, uh, so yesterday, last night, I read that Jesse Smollett was found guilty which I never thought was going to happen. Okay. So he was found guilty and he had all guilty of five charges. So uh, I didn't watch anything with it, but I'm going to guess what they did then is they read off what he did wrong and the charges, you know, the charges against him, guilty, guilty, guilty. So for every sinner in the history of the world, they're going to be standing there and God's going to open up his book and read off a name. And read off eighty-three years of sins. Then go to the next person and read off seventy-two years of sins. Okay, but isn't
3: that picture? Is there some place where that's? because this is a picture language? Yep. But is there some place that's not picture language where they talk about that book?
0: Not not necessarily. But but it's what it's talking about is that their deeds are written down. Okay. So that God knows them, and and I just use that picture language because just. Throughout Scripture, Judgment Day is pictured as a trial. We're standing there, either as innocent or guilty, one side or the other, and so that uh, you're not just. You know, so there are there are people in in jail for different reasons, and they've never had a court date. That's illegal in our country. You have to have a certain. There's a certain time frame that you have to be charged with something. We all watch enough crime. Crime shows to know, hey, you can't hold me more than 24 hours without being charged something. Well, uh, again, taking that crime scene show to Judgment Day, the people are going to be going to hell. They can't say, God, you know, why are you sending me hell? And then he'll he'll tell them, this is why I'm sending you now right here. And then when he's finally done with all that, and it's going to take a long time, except in judgment, in in. Uh, after a Judgment Day and from then on, there is no time, so it could take as long as we want. Because, as we're saying, at uh, an amazing grace, when we've been there ten thousand years, it's like we've just begun. Okay, uh, and then he gets to the to the saints. He gets to you know, say the twenty of us that are here, and we just reads off what. I mean, you know, here goes Larry Marsh, uh, Carl Heinitz, and Dave Stanky just He can go through that pretty fast because it's only our names. Okay. Uh, What does it mean then? Verse 13, the sea gave up their dead and they were in it. And the death and grave gave up the dead that were in them and they were judged. Yeah. So for... So when I was growing up, and uh, since you're all a little bit older than I am, you probably taught this. Too. What were you taught? Maybe I should ask, ask you this. What were you taught in catechism class about uh, cremation? Oh yeah, yeah, you're younger. You're, there's a couple of yeah, they're younger. Cremation. Yeah. What were, what were you taught? Do you remember what your pastor taught you about cremation? Oh, okay.
3: Because that's. Okay.
0: Okay, that's what most were. Why? Do you remember why?
3: Because it was like people thought that if you're cremated, if you're cremated, you could never be put back together
0: again. Yeah, and exactly. So that when you were cremated, you couldn't be put back together again. Now, as Christians, we understand that's that's not right. But the reason I bring it up here is because I remember when I was in catechism class in seventh and eighth grade and maybe and probably in high school at kind lutheran you know the pastors were teaching that uh, not to be cremated because the atheists were being cremated because they that was like thumbing their nose at god saying god you can't put me together again i'm going to be put to ashes and then my loved ones are going to scatter my ashes and when you can't put me together again and so that's why christians kind of shied away from that but today, I, I encourage Christians. Well, if they ask me, I'll tell them either way. If you want to be put in the ground, you're going to become worm food eventually. You're going to become ashes and scattered to the in the waters and the wind. God will put you back together again. That's the imagery here of getting their, their dead out of the sea. And then death and grave, uh, uh, they have to give up their dead. Because who are who are the last great enemies of christ <laughs> who does jesus i think it's in first corinthians 15 the last enemy to be destroyed is death and so here is that firm language of of paul in first corinthians 15 that uh the last enemy to, enemy to be destroyed is death and here it's jesus pictures it with picture language any questions on chapter twenty? Well, the
2: only thing that bothered me was he's going to look at your deeds. Said
0: that twice. He's not looking at our deeds. Well, but it's the deeds of the unbelievers. But in in Matthew twenty five, Jesus does say he'll look at our deeds. Remember, he says to the sheep on his right, I saw what you did. And then he says to the goats on his left, I saw what you didn't do. Well, but they are important. Why are they important? Show they show your faith. Yeah, so I always teach, like uh, Paul, St. Paul will say, faith without works is dead. Uh, St. James, James would then add, Uh, but saving faith is never no i'm sorry i had it wrong st paul would say uh you're saved by faith alone but then james would add but saving faith is never alone okay because you know the kids are coming in from uh you know the practice what are they doing in there because they have faith they're singing those are their deeds and Christ is pleased by their deeds, just like you guys.
3: Hmm. But, I mean, he is right though. There, they right? do talk about you know, any each being given according to his deeds and whatever. But I always think of it this way: if you're in heaven and somebody else was given this heaven and you were given that heaven, is your heaven any better or worse than theirs? Yeah. Nah, really, it's you know, heaven. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure why they would, why it would even, they would even talk like that, but. You know, which you not like you're going to be in heaven and going to oh, I wish I was over, over there. Yeah, but much cooler heaven than me yeah, than yeah, yeah, exactly. Better, Your room in the mansion's going to be just as nice time. as mine. Exactly, <laughs>
0: yeah, and and but it shouldn't scare us that uh, it does say that they're judged each one according to what he had done. It's not. It shouldn't scare us that we're judged. It's like you were saying is that God is happy. What does he say? I've said this in a, a number of funeral sermons. Is the last thing. I didn't say it for, I could have said it for like Bill Tempke in 98. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. That's Jesus saying, I saw your works. I remember your works. You're not getting to heaven because of your works, but because of your faith, you're getting to heaven. But thank you for doing these works in my name. So well done. That's what, that's what this is saying. It's like a pat on the back. Good boy. Okay, come on in.
2: So uh, a person that is a believer, say they're a believer, but they pretty much don't do any good things, you know, just go through their day, don't make it to heaven, but they're like a hierarchy, you
0: Well, I, I think pastors are a little bit higher than everyone else, but other than that, it's pretty even. <laughs> Carl. Well, if you think about it, it's
2: kind of practically impossible to have a better perfection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, it was, uh, I, I get things, emails from Zillow from our time that we were down in Townsend. Tennessee That's we, we talked about buying a house down there and you know I've gotten a couple of uh, emails from them it's I can't believe how expensive these places are like the one I got today was four hundred thousand dollars for a two bedroom two bathroom one thousand square foot cabin but it's on it's like on a golf course and you got a homeowners association and so forth but you got the view of the mountains well that's nice and I'm sure people would love that but I would love an equally wonderful place out in the mountains where I'd have no neighbors for hundreds of acres, okay? But that's, you know, Carl's point is my perfection here on earth would be, you know, it's somewhere in Tennessee mountains. So I can take my new new bike up and down the mountains of Tennessee and that's beautiful. But you guys might like that Nice little cabin in the, in the mountains and then have a pool and hot tub and all that stuff right there. And that's just as perfect for you. So yeah, I think Carl said it really well is you can't get any better than perfection. So let's um, let, me, yep.
3: let me ask you one other question. Okay. Um, it says that when the, the, the dead become alive again, but they were already judged when they died yeah so now they're going to be judged
0: again yeah
3: but the judgment will stay the same because once you're dead you can't change
0: correct yeah so what the way i picture that is again i will use arlene and bill since they're in heaven okay the moment that they died the angel came and ushered their souls up to be with the lord and so they know they're in heaven but now on Judgment Day, their soul will meet with their body. The body's going to come out of the grave. The dead death and death in the grave have to give up their bodies. And now they'll be together for Judgment Day. But yeah, they know already they're going to heaven. It's not going to change. And the, those souls that have been in hell, they're coming up to be judged to meet with their bodies, but they're going back to hell. It's just a formal declaration.
3: Well, the time for them is not like you know, the mountain was up in heaven, like, well,
0: oh, I hope this hard hurry up and get my body here.
3: yeah It's, it, it's just like that. Yeah, that's the thing, too. So it seems like it's
0: the same thing at the same time, but it's not. And maybe I can liken it like this, too. Uh, well, what was confirmation and examination like for you guys?
3: <laughs> kind of scary.
0: Kind of scary? Irene, mean, you, you scoffed. Was it hard?
3: That was very hard. We, uh, small church and we had a very tough pastor and we were not given a sheet of saying memorize this piece because this is what you're going to be asked. He caught he asked the question and he immediately came back with prove it Mm. and that's what I remember prove it so we had to know all the Bible verses that would would prove yeah, right. and there were only three of us. <laughs> yeah. And then in the ninety, I had a class fifty inputs
0: from St. Mark's Waterfall, and you had to know everyone, but you only asked two. You knew you had to know everyone. <laughs> yeah, and you were terrified, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I remember it too. And I've had kids. I'm way easier than your pastors are. Okay, I, you know, I do it with the parents and everything. Yeah. We're soft. And, uh, but, but I still have teens that are so terrified that they're throwing up the night before. And I tell them, because we do, we do our examination and confirmation differently, like, say, first Evan, that, you know, they have examination one Sunday, confirmation next Sunday. We do it all on one Sunday. And I tell them, you're, you're going to be confirmed. You could bomb everything in your examination. I know what you know, okay? I know your faith. And it's really, this is about your faith. You're, you're going to be confirmed. It's not like, hey, I bombed. Your family's all here. You've got a gown. You've got a certificate. Oh, you're not getting it. You're not, you might as well take the gown off. You're not being confirmed. No, it's not going to happen, okay? You're going to be confirmed, okay? it's That's already decided. Your, your picture was taken Thursday night already, all right? So, so I just bring that up is that I think that's a good way of illustrating judgment day. If you've been in heaven, you've already been confirmed. It's just now judgment day is a final declaration of that confirmation. So let's stop there. We'll just finish with the last two chapters then next week.
3: May I ask? Yes. One more question. One more question. Um, up in uh, verse 6, it says the second death has no followed over He said the second death is when you
1: die.
3: And then down in uh, verse 14, it says the lake of fire is the second death. It says death and grave is thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of
2: fire is the second death.
0: Right. So that, so that what that means is for us as Christians, because of our second resurrection to eternal life in heaven, we don't have to be afraid of the second death of being thrown into the eternal fire. And that's, that's the, the picture language though, too, uh, that death and the grave, they're not literal beings that you could throw somewhere, but this picture language is like I said before, they are the last great enemies of Christ. But even Christ, he turns the enemy of death into nothing more than a sleep. And, and with that, I like telling the story every once in a while at a funeral of a little boy, about seven years old, that he's afraid of dying. And so his mom says, well, you know, Johnny, you know how you like to fall asleep in your brother's room and then sometime during the night big strong arms pick you up and lift you and carry you so you fall so that you wake up in your own room she said that's what death is like that you fall asleep and then big strong arms pick you up so you, that you wake up in your own room in the mansion of heaven okay that's the second resurrection that's why we don't fear that second death
1: all right